so you come into a friend's house, perhaps it's a Sunday afternoon, during football season, and you have come to watch the game. There are a number of friends present. There's pizza, beer, crackers, cheese, all sorts of goodies. A large screen TV with a 5-1 sound system. People are standing around chatting, but the game is about to begin, and the host of the party yells out, Okay, everybody, park your carcass. The game's about to begin. Do people still use that phrase, park your carcass? Or has it gone the way of the dinosaurs? Now, the term carcass is defined as a body of a livestock animal ready for butchery. After removal of the skin, internal organs, head, feet, etc. So, telling you to park your carcass and watch the game seems a bit inappropriate. But what the hell, it's also humorous if used in the correct setting. If there is such a correct setting. Well, in 1945, a comedian named Harry Heinstein, I have no idea if he was a relative of Albert, uh, but I digress. Harry Einstein was 41 in 1945, but as a boy he had developed a unique skill of mimicking the dialect of the Greeks who frequented his father's importing warehouse. In fact, he was so good at it, he started doing stand-up comedy at various club functions, and in 1932, he was regularly appearing on a Boston radio station. Eddie Cantor caught his act in 1934, and Einstein was soon recognized nationally by the appearances on the Eddie Cantor show. He also appeared on the Al Jolson show in 1938. Now, I neglected to connect the information with the beginning of this story about Go Park Your Caucus and watch the football game, so I will now try to correct that error. Doing a stand-up routine with a great accent with a name like Harry Einstein, well, it just didn't look or feel right. So Harry Einstein gave a name to the Greek character, and he called him Nick Pachycarchus. From June 17, 1945 to April 6, 1947, NBC Radio featured a 30-minute show at 10.30 on Sunday night starring Harry Einstein as Nick Pachycarchus with the show title Meet Me at Parkies. It was a very successful comedy series, largely self-written, featuring the Einsteins Nick Pachycarchus as chief cook and bottle washer of a Greek restaurant. Supporting actors included Joan Barton as the cashier, also Sheldon Leonard, Frank Nelson, Ruth Perot, and Leo Cleary. The announcer was Art Gilmore, and like most of the comedy series of the time, there was a musical interlude, and Meet Me at Parkies was no exception, featuring two vocalists, Betty Jane Rhodes and David Street. Sometime, a singer that you may have heard of, Peggy Lee, or Patty Bolton, also appeared. The orchestra director, who also played a significant acting role in the series, was Opie Cates. Now, every week, Nick got himself into some sort of problem, and his supporting cast tried to help him solve the problem. The sponsor was Old Gold Cigarettes, and as in many of the shows of the era, the sponsor was woven into the script in a number of ways at a number of times during the show. Side note, at the end of the NBC run in 1947, Einstein underwent spinal surgery to relieve chronic back pain, but the surgery left him mostly paralyzed. He struggled to overcome the disability as his series opened on the Mutual Radio Network on October 19, 1947 and ran until July 11, 1948. On the opening show of his series, Einstein had to be carried into the studio and propped up at a microphone. A 
track you're about to hear is from July 1st, 1945, still at NBC. And having gotten engaged on the previous show, this show, Parky, is breaking the engagement. Not as easy as he thinks it will be because the woman he is involved with is also the landlord of the building that houses Parky's restaurant. This is Heirloom Radio. My name is John Lovering, and you're listening to a different kind of oldies program, a program that celebrates the golden age of radio. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the program, and you are officially listed in my notebook as awesome. Thank you. And now, meet me at Parkins. California, the makers of old gold cigarettes bring you Meet Me at Parkies. Are you Mr. Jones of the Employment Agency? Yes. Please, you gotta get me a maid. My maid quit today after 15 years. Why did your maid leave? She caught me kissing my wife. Oh, there, there, why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parkies. I hear all the men was fighting over you last night. I heard they pulled you apart limb from limb. I bet you was mad. Mad? I had to go to Lockheed to get reassembled. I was so irritated, honest. Oh, there, there, Maisie. Why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parky. Yes, everybody meets at Parky's. So come along to Parky's restaurant and say hello to David Street, Betty Rhodes, Prudence Rockbottom, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and our genial host, the star of our show... Park your carcass. My doctor must be crazy. Told me to take two vitamin tablets for three days and then to skip a day. My exhausted. I've been skipping all day. (laughs) I got rumbles. Just because I'm refused to marry that Prudence Rackbottom, she's taking me to court in... Suing me for breaching some promises or promising us some breaches, I don't know. <laughs> what am I, a tailor? <laughs> am I busy on top of it all? Today's my day to take inventory here in the restaurant. Uh, might as well see how much food I got. I'll open up the safe. a good, strong safe. Nobody could ever break in here. I'll mark down what I got here. Let's see. Quarter of a pound of butter. Butter is B-O-T-H-E-R. <laughs> now there's two eggs. Eggs is H-E-G-S. Did I spell that right? I know there must be an H in eggs because it comes from my hand. <laughs> now here's one slice of bacon. Bacon is B-U-B-I. B.O. <laughs> I'll just draw a picture of a pig. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've been robbed. Oh, no, there it is in the corner. Boy, what a fright. Thought somebody stole that pack of old gold cigarettes. <laughs> I'm so nervous this going to court business has got me all up smack. I'll never forget the last time I had to go to court. That was the time I owed four cents on my library account. <laughs> Good thing I had enough brains to hire a smart lawyer. Got me off with a $200 fine. Hi, Parky. Oh, hello, David. 
Today's the day that you're supposed to go to court for breaking Prudence's heart, isn't it? Yeah, imagine she's suing me for $50,000. She must think I'm a big business typhoon. It was really vicious of her threatening to evict you from her building here if you didn't marry her. How could she expect any man to fall in love with her? She's so homely. Homely? She's so homely she could make a fortune by standing in a beauty parlor window with a sign hanging around her neck saying, don't let this happen to you. Hello, David. Hello, Parky. Hi, Betty. Betty, I thought you was coming over here with the lawyer you was getting for me. Well, Opie's on the way over with him now. He wants to ask you a few questions about the case. Oh, my unhappy. You know, I don't get no sleep at all last night because all night long I was sleeping. <laughs> Parky, you must have been asleep if you were sleeping. Who was asleep? I was sleeping. Sleeping off the bed onto the floor. <laughs> Betty, are you thinking but they will throw me in jail, make me a common criminal? <laughs> they couldn't send me away, Betty. Don't let them. Who will feed my canary? <laughs> Who will change the water for my goldfish? <laughs> Who will take my little dog for a walk? I'm the one to get married to Prudence Rockbottom, Betty. I don't love her. It ain't true love. Now take my dog. She really loves me. When I come home at night, she jumps up on my lap. She smuggles close to me. She kisses me and she looks up so tenderly into my eyes. Betty, that's real love. She don't want a new hat. <laughs> well, if you don't love Prudence, I don't blame you for not wanting to marry her. But maybe you could learn to love her. Nah, you can't learn how to love nobody. Love has got to come natural. It's no good if you got to learn how. You know, I once took a mail at the Paris Condon's course trying to learn how to make love. <laughs> what happened? When the mailman brought the third lesson, he jumped up and kissed me. That's no good. Well, Parky, you better run along and put on your Sunday suit and get ready for court. The lawyer will be here in a few minutes, and I'll call you when he comes in. Okay. Poor Parky. He takes everything so seriously, David. He's got such a soft heart. Say, David, I just bought a swell new Victor record called Nevada, sung by David Street. You know, he's terrific. Go ahead and play it. <laughs> Stars were exclusively ours that night. Your heart was part of my heart in the heart of Nevada. Two lips divine were so willing mine that night. There on our hilltop with nothing but heaven around we lost ourselves in a heavenly moonbeam till sunrise. And us, we fell in love, oh, so madly in love in Nevada. We lived a dream by a blue mountain stream that night. Top with 
with nothing but heaven around us. We lost ourselves in a heavenly moonbeam till sunrise found us. We fell in love, oh, so madly in love in the battle. By a blue mountain stream that night. You know, Betty, I can sing as good as that guy. By the way, Betty, you doing anything tonight? No. Are you sure? Well, certainly. Can you be at my house at 8 o'clock? Oh, sure. Well, I want you to stay home with my grandmother. She gets very lonesome. <laughs> see you later. Stay home with his grandmother. I hate all men. If I never see another man as long as I live, I'm so mad I could kill Now, there, there, Betty. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Oh, hi, Bob. Betty, from what I can gather, you're still sweet on street. Yes, but he only thinks his way. As far as I'm concerned, he's a one-way street. <laughs> well, Betty, when little annoyances bother you, why be irritated? Light an old gold. Because a fine cigarette sure gives you lots of comfort and pleasure, especially today. But remember this. You get no pleasure if your cigarette is hot, harsh, and dry. That David Street gets me hot in the collar. He certainly is harsh and dry. Well, Betty, you both need what old golds have got. Apple honey. Apple honey? Sure. To prevent cigarette dryness, old golds are conditioned with a special moisture-protecting agent we call apple honey, made from the juice of fresh apples. In addition, old gold's unique blend of many great tobaccos is enriched with rare, keen-tasting Latakia tobacco for delightful extra flavor. Extra flavor plus extra protection against cigarette dryness. That's old gold. So, Betty, whenever you can, try a pack. Try a pack? Why do you think parking supply of old golds is so low? I get there first. Fortunate you. Uh, send a cup of coffee over to my table, will you please, Betty? I'll be in booth number three. Hey, Bob. Hey, Betty. Oh, uh, Betty. It's up here in the lawyer kindness. I'm so nervous about going to court, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm all mixed up. I just put the cat in the icebox, and I put that big roast beef in the alley in front of a saucer of milk. <laughs> Parky, don't be so nervous. Opie and the lawyer will be here very soon, and everything will turn out all right, I'm sure. Uh, it was all my own fault getting mixed up in a love affair with Prudence Rockbottom. I'm innocent. What do I know about love? My father never told me the facts of life. How could he? Nobody ever told him. Oh, Parky, I really do so sorry for you being in all this trouble. Because true love can be so beautiful. Oh, I know it, Betty. If I could meet the right girl, I'd love to get married and have a lot of kids. You know, I love children. My whole family loves children. You know, my brother Dimitris had 26 children. 26 children? Yeah, when he got married, he promised his wife the world. <laughs> <laughs> Came pretty close to it, too. Oh, here's Opie, and that must be the lawyer with him. Hello, Betty. Hi, Parker. Hi. Meet your lawyer, Jay Blackstone Case. Jay Blackstone Case? Is he a good lawyer? What difference does that make? He's my brother. <laughs> as soon as I heard the news, I came over as fast as I could. I took the 515 ambulance. Ambulance? 
I'm not sick. This case ain't over yet. <laughs> Say, Opie, did your brother graduate from law school? Has he a sheepskin? No, his face is wrinkled like that all the time. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good one, a sheepskin. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Instead of a lawyer, I got plenty of mutton. <laughs> Not that I want to question your brother's ability as a lawyer, but uh, do you really think that he can get Parky out of this trouble? No, but when he goes to jail, he'll get him a low number. <laughs> a low number? But I don't want to go to Leavenworth. I don't want to go to Sam Quentin. Why, don't you know anybody there? Hold it, over just a moment. Hold it. I want you to know that none of my clients will ever go to Sam Quentin or Leavenworth. Good. That's right. They all go to Alcatraz. <laughs> That's a swell place. Alcatraz is a swell place? Sure. You can get three good meals a day and a nice room all for yourself. That's more than you can get in Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, Parky, maybe we ought to get you another lawyer. Oh, don't be silly, Betty. My brother's got so many people off with 30 days, they're going to name a month after him. <laughs> uh, now, Parky, I want to ask you the most important question in the whole case. Yes? How much is my fee and when do I get it? Fee? If you're talking about money, I ain't got none. No money? What kind of witnesses do you expect to get? Why, of course, Opie's right. For $50, I could get a very reliable witness from Chicago. I use them all the time. You see, that's our younger brother, S. Cates. S. Cates? What does the S stand for? Suffer. Suffocate. Yes. Suffocate. <laughs> now, let's get some facts. We've got to be in court in an hour. Now, as I understand the case, the party of the first part and the party of the second part agreed to the assertion of the party of the first part and the party of the second part, notwithstanding the party of the first part and the party of the second part, correlate the party of the first part and the party of the second part. Stop, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> What's the matter? Too many parties. <laughs> uh, shall we get back to the case? Yes. Now, Parky Carcass, on the night of the murder... Murder? What murder? This case is about Bruton's rock well, You see, I showed him her picture, and brother, that's murder. <laughs> Uh, now, Opie, I appoint you my assistant to this case, and let us proceed. Okay, now, the first thing I want to do, Parky, is to have you sign this paper. Is that to give you the power of attorney? No, you see, this is a petition against putting sores in my neighborhood. <laughs> What's that got to do with my case? Look, Parky, you got your troubles, I got mine. I see. Uh, now, to get back to my fee. That's right. Parky, you'll have to go to the bank and get some money. The bank? The bank's closed. No, the bank's right here. Parky, where'd you put the piggy? <laughs> Say, that's a good one, keeping money in the piggy bank. <laughs> what have you got in the cash register? Off his hand. <laughs> oh, my hand just happened to slip that day. Well, I guess I found out everything I want to know. I'm ready to defend Mr. Parky Carcass in court. Uh... Hello, who? Mr. J. Blackstone Cates? Yes, he's here. Hold the line, please. It's for you, lawyer Cates. Thank you, thank you very much. Hello. Yes, this is Lawyer Cates. Yes, he's my client. Yes, I defended him. The electric chair. <laughs> oh, that's better. They're going to hang him. <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> hang him? What was he charged with? Parking next to a hydrant. Oh, okay. <laughs> Say, play something. I'm sick. Opie Cates, the Clarence Opie Carcass of Play, sweetheart of all my 
my dream. Good job, Obi. Gee, that song really sounded swell. All right, kids, we better go over to that courthouse or we'll be late. Say, Bob, do you want to walk over with us? Yeah, I'm going down that way, Betty. Well, Bob, walk with Parky and give him a little moral support. He needs it. Sure, I'll cheer him up. Uh, Parky, what's bothering you anyway? Ah, uh, Bob, I got to go to court and I don't think I got the right lawyer. Well, you see that statue over there in the park? Yeah. There was a great lawyer, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I heard about him. You think you can get him for me? Call him up, will you? <laughs> Parky, that statue shows Abraham Lincoln as he looked in 1860. You know, Samson, I've seen that statue three years ago. He ain't changed a bit. <laughs> oh, Parky, 1860. Now, that's a long time ago, but you know, even 100 years before that, in 1760 to be exact, the Lorillard business was established. Lorillard, Lorillard. Was he a lawyer? No. no, no, he wasn't a lawyer. He was in the tobacco business. I see. The Lorillard business has nearly 200 years of association with the world's choice tobaccos. Oh. Now, this vast experience is reflected in the quality of old gold cigarettes today. Marvelous quality consistently maintained despite wartime conditions. Yeah, I know that. Too bad I can't get all I have to sell, huh? Well, as to quantity, Parky, although the cigarette situation is temporarily eased, we're still in a fighting war. Yet we're doing our best to assure your share of the old goals for home front enjoyment. So if you must take substitute brands today, remember, you may have old goals tomorrow. Bob, if you can get any tomorrow and 
my case goes against me, you can send me some to Alcatraz. <laughs> At least if I have plenty of old goats, I'll be happy. <laughs> well, here we are at the courthouse. Good luck on your case, Barky. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Gee, Betty, I'm so nervous. This is the first time I've ever been in a courtroom. Well, quiet, Parky. The judge is coming. Order in the court. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Here comes the judge. Everybody rise. Everybody rise. I said everybody rise. Ah, oh, come on, folks. Please rise. Gee, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Quiet, please, quiet. As judge of this court, I call the first case on the docket, that of uh, Miss Prudence Rockbottom versus Parkyakakis. Mister, are you the defendant, Parkyakakis? Yes. (laughs) And you, lady, you are the plaintiff? Uh, Yes, Your Honor, I am Prudence Rockbottom. We will proceed. Members of the jury, stand and call up your names. Thomas Rockbottom. Frederick Rockbottom. John Rockbottom. Albert Rockbottom. James Rockbottom. Principal Rockbottom. You. You on the end there. What's your name? Alexander Parkyakarkis. to fix the jury. Judge, she's trying to fix the jury. Almost everybody on the jury's name is, is rock bottom. I demand a fair trial. Don't worry, Mr. Parky Cockers. You'll get a fair trial as sure as my name is Judge Rockbottom. <laughs> oh, boy, I only wish my uncle was here. He was a judge. Your uncle was a judge? Yes, sir. I never heard of him. And then you never heard of Parky Cockers on a bench? <laughs> He was a judge for 40 years. What has he got the show for? Splinters. <laughs> Order. Who is the attorney for Parkyakakis? I am, Your Honor. You? J. Blackstone Cates? I haven't set eyes on you for 20 years. Ever since you skinned me in that deal, I swore then that someday I'd get even with you, and now the day has come. Oh, am I going to get a fair trial? <laughs> you may question your witness, Attorney Cates. Now, uh, Mr. Parker Carker. Yes? You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. I object. You object? <laughs> Why? We want to win this case. <laughs> now, Mr. Parker Carker, is it not true that you took this poor, innocent little woman, this Prudence Rockbottom, into your confidence and built up in her mind and in her heart a great love affair? And then you told her you weren't going to marry her. You let her down like the dirty dog you are. I have no sympathy for a cab like you. Your Honor, Your Honor, I recommend that you send this man to prison for life. Even that's too good for him. Hey, wait a minute. You're supposed to be my lawyer. Oh, pardon me. My mistake. (laughs) Oh, when I hired you, it was my mistake. Well, Your Honor, the defense rests. I'm tired. Prudence Rockbottom, take the stand. Now, uh, tell us in your own words what happened between you and Pakyakaka. Well, he met me and wanted to kiss me and make violent love to me. And he told me I was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. You see, George, I'm insane, too. (laughs) Quiet. 
Now, Miss Rockbottom, tell us about your romance. How did you happen to meet Pocky Cockett? I bought the building that his restaurant was in. Oh, I see. You owned his building. Yes, I own 38 buildings, Judge. Uh, you own 38 buildings? Yes. Could you get an apartment for my sister-in-law? <laughs> We've been looking all over and can't get a thing. Uh, <clears throat> well, it might help a little in the case. 38 buildings, huh? Are there any more witnesses? Well, if I may, Your Honor, I'd like to say a word. And who are you? Betty Rhodes. I work in Parkins Restaurant. I'm the bookkeeper and cashier. She also sings with Oppie Kate's orchestra. That's the best part what I like. A singer, eh? Well, maybe she ought to testify as to her qualifications. Young lady, I order you to sing a song for us. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. All persons within the hearing of my voice, give your attention to Miss Petty Rhodes, who will sing. I should care. <laughs> Carcass guilty as charged and recommends the court that he marry Miss Prudence Rockbottom. Marry Prudence Rockbottom, I appeal. I appeal. 
Yeah, Peel, that reminds me. I got to order some potatoes for tomorrow. <laughs> order, order. Here's Prudence Rockbottom. Take the stand. There's one part of your testimony which I'd like to go over with you again. How many buildings did you say you own? Thirty-eight, free and clear. In that case, I hereby reverse the jury's decision. Parker Carcass does not have to marry you. What? You mean I'm free? Yes, I'm going to marry her myself. <laughs> episode of Meet Me at Parky's. For the further adventures of Park Your Carcass, Betty Rose, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and David Street, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky's. current meat shortage is the most serious since the beginning of the war due to a decrease in production, a great increase in demand, and uneven distribution of the available supply. The government is taking steps to ensure a more fair distribution of meat, but it cannot do so without the cooperation of the public. One of the main reasons for maldistribution of meat is the black market, and every consumer can help to stamp it out by observing these two rules in every meat transaction. Always pay ration points in full and never pay more than ceiling prices. And now until next Sunday evening, don't let little annoyances get you down. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Its tobaccos are conditioned with apple honey to help guard against cigarette dryness and to give you more smoking pleasure. This is Bob Williams saying goodnight for old gold. And don't forget next Sunday night to meet me at Parky's. <laughs> <laughs>